want to give a special shout out to Samuel Schelke. Hey, Sam, every bit helps. And if you are interested in having your name mentioned here, please consider becoming a Patreon supporter. Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigaloff, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigaloff was either off-duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigaloff was not in uniform at the time of recording. Now, to Dr. Sigaloff. Hey, everyone, thank you for joining me again today. So there's been some good news this week. It's been a good week. We've had, I finally get one in the win column, and I'm very happy about that. I'm hopefully uh, we'll start to see more of these in the near future. Uh, hopefully we'll all get to see more of these in the win column in the near future. So, you know, as many of you all know, I've been suspended since September 13th, 2021. So that means can't participate in any patient care. And all of that was stemming because I gave out medical exemptions. Medical exemptions to not get the COVID shot. And it's kind of led me down this <clears throat> it's kind of led me down this interesting road where I've actually entered an affidavit and I'll get into that a little bit. I can't really talk about lawsuits against the US government too much, but I can talk about my medical exemption and and their the medical exemption blossomed into the affidavit. And the reason I'm mentioning the fact that it's an affidavit is because there's certain legal things that happen when you have an affidavit. It becomes true and for them to say that it's wrong means they have to they have to convince a courtroom that I've perjured myself because I'm under threat of perjury, right? So they have to prove that one, the information that I gave is incorrect. And then two, they have to give, they have to prove that I meant to maliciously provide incorrect information. So they have to do two things. You know, they have to prove that it's wrong and to prove that I knowingly and willingly showed wrong information to, to hurt people basically. And, until then, what I put in my affidavit in on September that was entered into court on September twenty fourth, um, twenty twenty one, so over a year ago now, stands as true and legal until it's disproven. And what's great is that that case that I'm a witness in should be um, hearing their appeal, or at least a portion of their appeal. And I'm a little shaky on the details exactly, but it has to do with um, they're in appeal. And there's some hearing on November 18th. And hopefully I'll get called to the stand to testify. But if not, hopefully they just get their actual day in court. Um, but so back to the good news. So I thought that it was going to be a bad thing that my privilege and authority was moved to El Paso. And so I you know, went to El Paso with my lawyer and we met there and had the credentialing meeting. And to my surprise, and to my lawyer's surprise as well, they restored my privileges. That's right. Answer, you know, our prayers were answered. Now, there, there are certain stipulations that they say that they still need to have um, some oversight, some uh, peer review, you know, some continuous peer review, chart review, that kind of stuff. But what's really good about this is what gets reported to my medical license is, you know, in Texas, the medical board in Texas is that I've been restored now, I want to, you know, they, let's, let me just ask some questions out loud to myself, you know, because these are, I think these are important. Like, what if I was asked, you know, what if a, a colleague of mine asked me, if you had this to do this over again, would you? Well, yes, I would do everything exactly the same. In fact, I'd probably even do it better. 
Because um, when I gave out these medical exemptions that I did, I didn't really understand how the system worked. And if I knew how the system worked better, I didn't find this out until after I was suspended. But instead of just giving a piece of paper that says, here's your exemption, what I would have done if I had to do it over again, if someone was asking me that question, because that's a good question to ask, right? If I would have to do it all over again, what I would have done is I would have made sure I had MedPros access. So MedPros is actually the medical system. I didn't realize that it, it actually, that's where you input you click a little box in there or something, and that's what allows medical exemptions to be approved or disapproved. Now, if I would have known that back then, I would have just gone in and start checking those for everyone that I gave a medical exemption to. Unfortunately, I didn't know that at the time, uh, but now I do. So if, so if anybody you know, wanted to ask me the question, would I, what would I do had the opportunity to do it over again? I would have done it better. I would have made sure that the medical exemptions not only had the paper that went with the patient, but also I would have made sure that they actually had the medical exemption in their chart, in the military's medical chart, so that there could be no question, so this would be over, complete, and done with. Um, you know, let's say, because I've had this asked by a couple of people that I know, um, so when I was, whenever I was seeing minors, you know, with their parent, I would always give the parent this and my opinion, my medical opinion, right? And so my medical opinion, and I put this little blurb in all of these patients' charts, and it said something to the effect of, uh, with limited long-term data known, I recommend that no child under the age of 18 receives, uh, receives a genetic therapy vaccine for COVID-19 or for any other disease process. But Dr. Sigloff, what about, well, wh why would you say that? you know, why wouldn't you allow them to have these, these treatments? Well, I mean, they can do whatever they want, right? I'm the doctor giving my medical opinion. It's pretty clear that when I give my medical opinion, that's my medical opinion. That's why you're there to see me is because it's my medical opinion, which is vastly different than the rest of the world. Well, what about, what about equal and fair time to, you know, cause you have to show both sides. Well, that's an interesting question. Thank you for asking. So everyone knows the other side. I don't have to give equal and fair time. What about equal and fair time for my ideas, my opinion, right? Everyone coming into my office already knew that they should get the shot. You know, you can't drive down the highway. You can't drive down the highway in a major city without seeing on the billboards, or at least here in Arizona, you know, those, um, the billboards that, that show how much time to the next exit. Here for a long time in Arizona, they would say things like, get your shot, save a life, protect yourself and others, fear monger, fear monger, fear monger, fear monger, get something that's an experiment. And so I don't need to give equal time because there is unequal time already given. The mere fact that they're in my office and I'm telling them, that is by definition my opinion. Okay. And even if a patient wants to get it, they're going to get it. They're going to do whatever they want. And I tell them, hey, you're going to do whatever you want. It's fine. You do what you want. You need to know what the most accurate information that I can tell you. And the most accurate information I can tell you is we have no idea. No one knows. Could cause problems with or concerns with getting pregnant in the future. Could cause problems if you're breastfeeding. Could cause problems with fertility. Could cause problems with um, your own genome. Could cause problems with heart attacks, strokes, blood clots. Could cause problems with all sorts of things, other strange adverse reactions could cause problems with prion disease, Kretzfield-Jakob, 
We don't know. And I would say those things because we don't know. That's the issue. That's the biggest thing is nobody knows. And because there's no evidence that, sh that shows or proves that those things will happen, doesn't mean those things can't happen, right? No evidence is, is not definitive. You need evidence to disprove. It's more like the French legal system where you, with medicines, we sh they should be guilty and then prove they're innocent. You know, they should be assumed to be dangerous and then proven that they're safe. But anyhow, so let's say I, I put that on the charts and someone goes, well, what about, you know, what about, why wouldn't, why would you recommend that anyone under 18 not get any sort of genetic therapy vaccine? Well, it's very clear why I would say that. And what I'll tell you why I recommend that no one under 18 ever get any sort of genetic therapy vaccine, because at the moment they're all experimental. And do you know what the age of consent is? Typically 18. Generally regarded as 18. There's some exceptions here and there. Maybe if you're emancipated or if you're this or you're that. But, but generally accepted. 18 years old is the age of consent. And to give one of those genetic therapy vaccines to someone who is unable to be consented, to someone who is unable to, to grant consent, that would what we would call a Nuremberg Code violation, which is a pretty big deal. Right, that kind of goes against the whole do not harm thing. Right, it's one of those little oaths that we as doctors take. You know, in army doctors, we take that one along with defending the constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Right, so I'm sure you've you've heard those phrases said before. But yeah, so that's why I recommend that no one under 18 get a genetic therapy vaccine because they can't be adequately consented because they're not over 18. Well, why do you call him a, uh, uh, Dr. Sigloff, why do you call him a, uh, a genetic therapy vaccine? Well, that's because that's what the FDA calls gene therapy. Gene therapy is where you take something that changes the mechanism of the, uh, of the cell. So like you put DNA or RNA in, and it doesn't have to go into the nucleus. That's not what this says. It doesn't have to permanently change the function of the cell. All it has to do is alter the function of the cell. And so when you put RNA inside of a cell, it goes in and it makes that cell make whatever that RNA encodes for. It's called gene therapy. But I digress. All right. So there is one thing that I would like to draw attention to. You know, I kind of mentioned earlier, I can't talk about lawsuits against the U.S. government, but I can talk about my medical exemption. The medical exemption blossomed into an affidavit that I provided for uh, Daniel Robert and Molly Mulville versus um, Secretary of Defense Austin and, and a couple others at all. One thing that's really important is, again, and I know I'm repeating myself, but if it's an affidavit, they have to prove that I was, that I perjured myself because I made this sworn statement under penalty of perjury, which means if they want to say that I perjured myself, they would have to take me to court. They'd have to charge me with perjury and they would have to prove first that the information I stated was incorrect and then prove motive that I meant that I knew that it was incorrect and that I meant to draw, to use it to, to provide misinformation. That's what all of that means. So, and the information in this medical exemption that I provided talks about these lipid nanoparticles. And I'm sure many of you have heard this before. 
but in in community in community there are at least three lipid nanoparticles that are disclosed uh, one of the alternative names for the first one is ALC3 I'm sorry ALC0315 the second one is ALC0159 and then the last one is DSPC. And I encourage you to go look this up. Don't take the don't take my word for it. Go find my um, those public documents that are affidavits. But what's really interesting about this is when you look at the material safety data sheets. When you look at the material safety data sheets of these compounds, and I'm not doing one of those tricks where you know it's like one of those common compounds that's in everything. But in its high concentration, it could kill you. I'm not doing that. This, in its lowest concentration, could kill you, could cause problems. I'm not, no, I don't know. No, but the, the problem is nobody knows, and much of the information is classified. That's right. It's classified. Who's able to classify it? I don't know. Because this is inside of an experiment that's been, that's been allegedly approved by the FDA. Okay, so in ALC... 0315, this is from the manufacturer's material safety data sheet, or SDS safety data sheet. Uh, the acute toxicity is classified based on available data. Skin corrosion irritation is classified based on available data. Serious eye damage or irritation is also classified on available data. Respiratory and skin synthesization is classified based on available data. Germ cell mutagenesis classified on available data, uh, reproductive toxicity classified based on available data, specific target organs, single exposure classified, uh, specific target toxicity, repeat exposure classified, aspiration hazard, that's, you know, like sucking it down your lungs, uh, classified additional information. This information is based on our current knowledge. However, the chemical, physical, and toxicological properties have not been completely investigated. Hmm. Sounds like that's a big problem. Let me continue reading what the material safety data sheet says. This product is for research use only for experienced personnel. It must only be handled by suitably qualified, experienced scientists in appropriately equipped and authorized facilities. Is a human body an appropriately equipped and authorized facility because they're injecting this into human bodies? The burden of safe use of this material rests entirely with the end user. So it's your fault if you have a problem, basically, is what this is saying, because you should have handled this more properly. And then at the very end, it says, caution, product has not been fully validated for medical applications for research use only. Okay, now let's go to compound ALC0159. Acute toxicity classified, skin corrosion irritation classified, serious eye damage irritation classified, respiratory and skin sensitization classified, germ cell mutagenesis classified, reproductive toxicity, oh, that's classified too. Don't want to spread that information. Specific target, target organ toxicity, single exposure, of course classified. Specific target organ toxicity, repeat exposure, yes, still classified. Aspiration hazard classified. Additional information basically the same this current information this information is based on our current knowledge however 
The chemical, physical, and toxicological properties have not been completely investigated. Hmm. But yet they're injecting it into people and coercing service members to have this product with all these classified uh, toxicology reports injected in the body. We'll continue. The product is for research use only. Hmm. And for experienced personnel. So if it's for research use only, that would be, it's for experimentation, right? And so if it's in a product, then that seems like, by definition, that would be, by definition, that would be an experiment, right? This is an experimental product. It's under EUA, emergency use authorization. I'll continue. It must only be handled by suitably qualified, experienced scientists in appropriately equipped and authorized facility. Are you... Are you an experienced scientist? Is do you think the the medic that ex, that gave you this? Do you think he's an experienced or she is an experienced scientist with appropriately equipped? And do you think that's an authorized facility? Because I don't think it is. I mean, I'm just I'm just a failing med doc. But they're injecting this into your body, and they're saying you know the burden of safe use of this material rests entirely on the end user. So you would be the end user, not the medic that injected you with this, right? Because it would be your responsibility. MedCam Express disclaims all liability for all damages resulting from handling of handling or from contact with this product. Yeah, so they're like, so they're like, hey, we want nothing to do with it. Not our deal. Caution product has not been fully validated for medical applications for research use only. So if you're doing research, you're doing an experiment, right? Seems like that makes sense. All right, now let's look at DSPC. Now, I want to make it clear, like, these are the only ones that are in comernity, or at least what they say are in comernity. Now, all of them have these lipid nanoparticles, from what I can determine. Uh, then, is it the Novavax? It says cholesterol. It doesn't actually give the names of the compounds. So I think that's very suspect. Okay, but DSPC. PC, the material safety data sheet states, relevant identified uses for research use only, not for human or veterinary use. Oh, oh, okay, that's fine. Not for human use. We're just going to put it in BNT162B2 to inject into you. Yeah, but not for human use. But do you think they're alluding to that maybe it does change DNA? Because I've heard a lawyer say that if you change someone's DNA... They're no longer considered humans. Sounds crazy. It's actually a case being argued before the court. That when a patent owner, patent holder changes the DNA of an organism, they actually own that organism. Sounds crazy. You will hear that argued before the court soon. It's been That idea has been submitted in a brief, and it will get oral arguments soon. It's really not that far off. Just think of Monsanto, right? So Monsanto is a, a company uh, that has changed some some various grain crops, and they've, they've actually changed the DNA of the plant enough to where they own that plant. Not, no longer God-owned, but they own it. So if someone changes your DNA, do they own you? Do you become a slave? It's a 13th Amendment issue, right? We'll find out what the court ends up saying about this because these arguments should be uh, orally argued sometime in November, November 18th. Um, so hopefully we get to hear that. Hopefully hopefully this doesn't change P 
people's statuses as humans, right? Because that would be awful. But this is what happens when you start doing experimentations in CRISPR-Cas9 with these lipid nanoparticles. And remember, please go back and listen to episode number 33 to get more information on the lipid nanoparticle and what I believe it is. Um, and I've recently heard a episode of the podcast, uh, Mike Adams, he had Karen Kingston on. Now I'm reaching out to her, seeing if, if she'd be willing to, to come on here. Uh, hopefully I can you know get a hold of her because this is right up what she was talking about. She has patents. She's she's dove into the patents, and my concerns are, are significant about what's going on with all of this this bioweapon idea. But let's go, let's go to something different, okay? So give me just a minute here. We're I'm gonna play you a song. It's a it's a pretty cool song. Um, I just re- recently stumbled across them, and before I do, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about this band. I reached out to them because I'd like to have them on my show and talk to them because they, their show just hits all the right points. You know, it's just, it just speaks to me and that's what a good artist does, right? They, they speak to you and they speak to me and they can reach everybody through whatever media they use. And, um, I want to make it clear that like these guys are not for one or for the other side. In fact, one of the email, the email that he sent me back or one of the, the men from this group sent me back and says that they have their four different guys, vastly different backgrounds and belief systems. And that they, what their goal was to help spark civil discourse so that we can communicate, so we can talk, we can have conversations. So we're not talking past each other, we're talking to each other. And that's what I want. That, that's the big thing is I want everyone to feel safe to talk, to share their opinion without being silenced, suppressed, you know, their, their livelihood removed. Nobody wants that. That's what totalitarians do. Well, let's go ahead and take a listen to this song together. They're coming for us Coming for us now. Somehow they found us They found us Hold the line, this is how we'll be defined Just stand your ground, give and take Only works when both sides really give and take Give and take only works when both 
song i i like it you know and and for all you cia agents out there and anybody investigating me right now like i never advocate for violence never it's a song just make that abundantly clear it's just a song no one's advocating for violence it's just it's a song that can speak to you because we need to come together because this is what the unseen realm does is it gets in and it divides and it divides and it divides and it divides so that you can't talk to your neighbor. Like the tower of Babel was a confusion of the language, but you know, how often have you talked with someone and talked right past them and they have no idea what you're talking about using words that are all the same, but they have different meanings for those words than what you do. And they're talking to you and they have different and, you know, I have different meanings for the words that they're using. And so we're just talking right past each other. Our language is confused. And the only thing that's going to bring us back from that is, is faith in God. Whatever that God is for you, right? If that's the Judeo-Christian God, if that's the Muslim God, if that's, you know, whatever it is. But it can't be the God of government. It can't be whatever idol you want to make it. An idol is not just a great graven image. It's not just something carved out of stone or made out of metal. An idol is something that we put at the noblest goal that we, we aspire to, that we, we look up to. And so whether, so if you think you're atheist and you think you don't have a God, you do. You just don't call it God. You call it something else. Many call government God. And that's, that will lead to total human destruction because if God is the government, then that means that the government can take people's rights away. However, if my rights are mine and mine alone, and they come from God and no one can take them, and everyone gets freedom when the individual is respected, 
people get destroyed when groups of people get their rights protected. It's interesting, isn't it? it? Just depends on whose rights are you protecting. If you protect every single person, individual rights, then everyone has freedom. If you protect groups of people, well, then some groups are better than other groups, meaning you have to suppress some groups because some groups are better. That's regressive. That is not what our Constitution says. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what anyone wants. This is why the Constitution is so incredible, is that it respects individual rights. Just like in Genesis, where Adam and Eve were naked and stood before God, they were equal. Man and woman were equal. And in the eyes of God, in the eyes of the law, they were equal. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. Please like, share, subscribe. Uh, if you are interested in um, Patreon, there's different levels of support. I encourage you to take a look at those. There's the lowest $1 a month. That just helps keep this place running and helps me pay for the lawyer's fees. There's a $5 a month. And if you subscribe for at least for three months, you get a sticker. Sticker looks like that right there. And then if you do the higher level, the $17.76 level, $17.76 a month, at that level, for three months, you get a shirt with that on it. Uh, every little bit helps. Um, there's some big news coming out this week. Can't quite talk about it now. But Tuesday, Wednesday at the latest, I should be able to share this with you on you know Telegram or Instagram or um, Patreon. Um, I appreciate everybody that's been donating to the Give, Send, Go. That's been very helpful. My wife started that for concerns of me losing my license. Now, hopefully that the idea of me losing my license is, is kind of dissipating a bit. But still, we've spent over 60000 over $60,000 in legal fees thus far. Now, this isn't to, to woe is me. This is just to let you know that I have a vested interest in this fight and I will continue to keep fighting. Now I've had lots of people ask about that patch, how they can get one. I'm working on it. Hang tight. I'll announce that as soon as I possibly can. Um, and hopefully you can get one and, and share it with your friends. You know, buy one for you and for your friends. Maybe Christmas is around the corner. Maybe you can share it with them. But let's all Continue to encourage each other. Let's make courage more contagious than fear. And remember that the duty uniform of today and tomorrow is the full armor of God. Amen. <laughs>